Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. So I was really wanting to get this done today, but if the Lord wants to overrule it, He can. Uh, as always, but uh, I thank Dina, Dwayne, Pastor Jeremiah for their encouragement, and uh, <laughs> here we go. Um, to finish up, um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 28, we find two gifts that are mentioned that you don't hear very much about, but I hope you've taken this gift test. And if you feel comfortable sharing that, I wish you would uh, do so with Pastor Wayne, Pastor Jeremiah, Dina and me. And um, I pray that you've been praying earnestly about what the Lord would desire to say to you about that. Uh, the spiritual gift of administration is the God-given ability to facilitate and to oversee the long-term and the day-to-day -day operation of a body of Christ. How many of you know that if behind the scenes is not taken care of, on the scenes can't function. If there's disorder behind the scenes, there won't be an effective long-term anointing on the scene. I praise the Lord for gifts uh, here in our church of those who have behind-the-scenes gift. Every week, there are multiple people who help us get this done, get this set up, get this functional, get this taken down. But I, I'm very grateful that I've been married to somebody for 52 years this year. who walks in helps and administrations and makes sure that the day-to-day -day is overseen. I am great. And by the way, let me tell you something. You may or may not know this. I don't talk about it very much. But that part of our ministry is important that it's done right and that it is, gives glory and honor to God. That woman will stay up for hours trying to find a nickel of God's money. Because it's not ours. That's God's money. She has to give and file reports to outside independent accountants that have the ability to look over everything she does and then trustees who are responsible as administrative elders for the legal and financial part of this ministry they take a look at everything that the accountants have already seen and they make decisions about 
my own compensation. I don't have a vote in it. Sometimes you need to hear that. I can be fired if I embarrass the Lord. And it ought to be that way. I want you to know that this church, the business of it, the order of it is accountable to the Lord and to others that you don't even see. That's not a yay us, that's just to tell you something that you ought to never follow self-appointed, non-accountable people. In any area. But I'm grateful for those on our staff, like Pastor Wayne and Deborah. Are they not a blessing? So what you're seeing so many times is that somebody with behind-the-scene gifts are allowing those of us on the scene to do what we do. Administration and helps are vital to the operation, the successful operation of a body of Christ. The spiritual gift of helps enables a believer to work gladly behind the scenes in order that God's work is fulfilled. It's that special ability that God gives to some to serve the church in a supporting role and to invest their talents in the life and ministry of other bodies of the church. Those behind the scenes make on the scenes possible. And we give God glory and thanks, and we're grateful for you. But today I want to close by briefly going over the office gifts of the church. We talked about the, the, uh, the motivational gifts in Romans 12. We talked about the ministry gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12 and 14. And these are the office gifts. That is, those called out men and women whom the Lord has chosen to equip the saints. If, you, if one of these gifts is in operation, it ought to be to ser- not to be a rock star or a celebrity, but to serve and equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So if I am you, I would always look for that servant humility uh, attribute of those who are called out because their job is to equip. Verse 11, and he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Well, I I didn't get 11 and 12 on there, I guess. There we go. The equipping of the saints is the assignment of those of us. And these office gifts are life callings. Did you hear what I'm saying? They're life callings. Let's look here because there's some misunderstanding about the gift of apostleship. I have made this very, very clear 
What I want you to understand is the position of the leadership of this church about apostles. The apostolic fathers, that is, the original that Jesus called, who were eyewitnesses of his life, his ministry, and with the exception of Judas, who was, who was replaced by Matthias, by the apostle Paul and Barnabas and Silas, who were also talked about, at least Paul and Barnabas for sure, as being apostles, these apostolic fathers were founders of the church, and they were given God's supernatural authority to do these things, establish that church, perform mighty signs and wonders in Jesus' name, be the human vehicles to pen the New Testament scriptures as they were revealed, inspired, and overseen by the Holy Spirit. They were to oversee the establishment, growth, and doctrine of the church. Over and over and over again in the book of Acts especially, you see that those, the, the works of God were continually, had the, the fingerprints, the spiritual fingerprints of the apostolic fathers. Also to recognize, to ordain, and send out. God calls servants for the furtherance of the kingdom of God. Make no mistake, Jude 3 is clear. Our faith is built on the apostolic father's doctrine, once and for all delivered to us. There are no more additions to the Holy Scriptures, and nobody, no one has authority to add to the Word of God. 2 Peter 1, 21, 2 Timothy 3, 16 make it clear. That holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. The Bible even calls the apostles, those founding apostles, as holy apostles. They were the foundation of the church and were called holy, separated by God for God. The Bible also says that there are many false apostles. What's a false apostle? They're around today. You don't have to look far. False apostles are deceitful, self-appointed ministers empowered by Satan who pretend to be light. Beware of those, and the Bible says there in that passage that they, they are self-appointed. Well, I feel the calling of God that he has called me to be an apostle. Says who? Well, somebody said that I was an apostle. The founding apostles were eyewitnesses of the resurrected Jesus, instrument of mighty works, willing servants, even to the point of death. To be clear, these apostles as eyewitnesses are His appointed servants and founders of His church, vehicles of the Holy Scripture, and will always be in a status of their own. There's no other doctrine that is legit. Are there apostles today? Not in the sense of being authors of 
Scripture. Not in the sense, of course, of seeing personally the resurrected Jesus. Not in the sense of having been eyewitnesses of His life and ministry. But pastor, I hear ministers being promoted as Apostle Smith or Apostle John, John, uh, John or Apostle... You can appoint yourself, especially in the days of the internet, to be anything you choose. Beware. Apostles today can exist in the sense that they have gifting to do certain assignments, like start, develop, and oversee ministries and churches. Their gift is not because they're self-appointed and to control others and to have a celebrity status. That gift is for true servants who are called and trustworthy to serve at a high level in God's church. The carriers of this gift are to seek the Lord's guidance to interpret the word, but not to be the mouthpiece of a new word from God. Never to place themselves in a position of God's ultimate authority. I've had one or two say to me in the course of my ministry, because you and Dina have, have recognized, you have appointed, you've ordained, you have set out, and you spiritually cover several of God's chosen instruments who are in a life calling, then you, um, you serve as apostles in the New Testament. Let me just tell you something. For over 2,000 years, the connotation of apostle in mainstream Christianity is that of the first century disciples who were witnesses of the Lord and founders of the church. It's an immediate negative response by most people, like me, who've been brought up in mainline Christianity, to hear the term apostle spoken about any man or woman today. It's an immediate negative connotation. I don't like it nor embrace it. I see people like me, and I, I had a wonderful conversation with my own bishop and pastor about this. We're in total agreement. Bishop is a form of a spiritual overseer who would oversee other called out men and women. That is a comfortable, it is a biblical, it is a non-offensive term, and it's real. I had to submit myself years ago to a long-term bishop of the church, another called-out overseer. who anointed 
and ordained me in the presence of other elders of the church as a bishop, as an overseer of other ministers. There's no self-appointment to this. You look at the New Testament model and nobody can go around calling themselves something that hasn't, listen, hasn't been called of God and recognized by the leadership of the church of God as legitimate servants. Does everybody understand that? So in the sense that apostleship can be used as those who start and oversee and, 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 and all of that, you can say that that gifting exists, but you need to understand that <clears throat> there are no more eyewitnesses and there's no more, beware, listen, beware of anybody who calls themselves an apostle and says that they have a word from God that's just as authoritative as the faith once and for all delivered to the saints. That's deception. This is just my opinion. This is not of the Spirit of God, but I will tell you, you judge it for yourself. If I were you, I would stay, around, I would stay away from a group of people who are always calling people apostles. You judge that for yourself. Prophets, the carriers of God-given insight, warnings, messages from God who can reveal what God is thinking, saying, doing, or will do in certain situations. The purpose of prophetic messages is for God to receive glory and for the ultimate well-being of His people. I have for three weeks given you guidelines and tests for New Testament prophets and prophecies. We have people who under the direction of the Holy Spirit in our church who've given prophetic words and they are welcome here as long as they go by the guidelines that we've laid out in the course of this teaching. And if you didn't get that, you need to ask Adina or Pastor Wayne for a copy of those. It's been in at least three or four of the outlines. Well, Pastor, if we have the completed canon of Scripture, is there still room for prophetic words? Well, in the New Testament, in the New Testament church, and in, the, in Scripture, there's no scriptural direct evidence that the gift of, of prophets has ceased. In fact, I listened to one this week, but I will tell you that not everybody who calls themselves Prophets are prophets. Look at the test that I gave you over the course of a few weeks. A prophet is not a celebrity. Here's an example of one. Have you ever heard of Rabbi Jonathan Kahn? A Messianic Jewish rabbi ministering in New Jersey. Pastor Jeremiah sent this to me earlier this week, and I've listened to it again. 
there's a prophetic word there. I don't know if you remember back in uh, 2020 um, on the steps of the U.S. Capitol, Rabbi Khan delivered an incredible, powerful message. And what was that message? It wasn't forecasting who was going to win the election. Not spiritual fortune telling. He was calling this nation to repentance. To repent of the sin. That we're guilty of in this nation. Of rejecting the Lord. Of terminating life. Of all kinds of things. And, and calling for people of faith to rise up in prayer and humble ourselves before God and seek His mercy and grace and direction. Prophets can be used of God and give words. And I said to you back in 1 Corinthians 14, their word in the church should be one of edification, exhortation, and comfort. Not trying to tell you your future. Do you know that everybody has a, a, a curiosity? And there are a lot of people today who are, are celebrities that people quit seeking the Holy Spirit and the Word of God to try to hear something that that prophet wants to say about them because all of us in our spirit man are hopeful. I'm not telling you that's wrong. I'm just saying that you should judge the accuracy, the intent, and the motive behind seeking prophetic words and always remember that you have the author of the, of the Word of God itself, the Spirit of God, that you can call on and ask for counsel and wisdom and the scriptures that have been once and for all delivered to the saints. That ought to encourage you. Evangelists are those who are supernaturally empowered by the Lord to express the gospel to unbelievers in such a way that the gospel is believed and accepted through the Holy Spirit's work. Pastors are those who are appointed by the Lord to shepherd the Lord's sheep, His people. True shepherds, pastors, lead, feed, encourage, correct, and protect the sheep entrusted to their care. That's what a shepherd does. There are multiple assignments in this office of pastor. A lot of ministers don't see themselves this way, but you take somebody like Emmanuel who is in Christian counseling, he in Kenya, their ministry, that's pastoral in nature. It's feeding, encouraging, loving, correcting, loving correction to people who are hurting. That's pastoral in nature. There, there are those in, in places of, of, look at her own Deborah Gillum. She leads us every Sunday 
under the direction of the Spirit in worship. I mean, I can go right into the presence of God in worship as she is leading this fellowship. That's pastoral in nature. You, you look at those who are charged in the church to keep order and to make sure that things are, are, are walking in order and integrity, uh, who are called of God. Dean is an ordained minister. She's not going to get up here in, in public and do any talking, but that doesn't mean she is not just as legitimate a pastor as I am. Pastor, you can't ordain women. Oh, it's too late for that. I've already done it three times. <laughs> you need to hear my sermon series from a few years ago on women in the church. Teachers, those who are called by the Lord to understand and communicate to others the truth of God's Word and how to walk in those principles of kingdom living. Many church leaders see pastor and teacher as one office gifting. I'll let you and the Holy Spirit figure that out for yourself. In our world, it's increasingly important to continually seek the Lord, the truth, to be led by the Spirit of truth. False teachers, AI. I don't know if you heard recently, but AI has come up. They've taken scriptures out of context, and they have begin to form false doctrine about what is acceptable moral behavior in the church. And basically they have taken out scriptures and assigned it to the voice of the Lord himself saying that uh, sexual immorality is described and defined in the scripture is okay that Jesus said it was. AI is using um, words, voice of hundreds of us who are on, <laughs> who are recorded digitally all the time to make false accusations, to teach false doctrine. It's right out of the pit of hell. Remember, Satan is a deceiver. That's his nature. He's rooted in deception. Don't be deceived. Stay rooted and grounded in the truth and in the love of God. I want to tell you about something that's on my heart. The deal in the Middle East is heavy on my heart. It should be on yours. Pastor Jeremiah and Pastor Wayne have far more experience, revelation about the things of end times. And I don't know a whole lot, but I can tell you this. Keep your eyes and ears open in the next short term. If Russia sends troops to Iran, formerly Persia of the Scriptures, you better lift up your head. Your redemption draweth nigh.
We have a wonderful hope. Our security is not in politicians. It's not in what people do or don't do. Our security is in the God of heaven. He is your provider. He's not broke. He's not ignorant. He will prevail. But I want you to continue to look at the Word of God, and I want you to ask Pastor Wayne, Pastor Jeremiah, about their insight into what's going on. They have far more than I do because of their long-term experience in studying last things and the nation of Israel in God's plan. Here's what I know, and I want you to get ready to show that brief video. Here's what I know. The issue, the problem, is not the Palestinian people. It is not Israel. The issue is Satan, who has empowered through hatred Hamas, Hezbollah, Islamic radicalism. That's the problem. It's generated out of hell. God loves the Jews. He also loves the Palestinians. He hates the work of Satan. And what we ought to do is to pray for a mighty destruction of the evil agenda of Hamas and Hezbollah and the works of the devil. But never forget that nothing and nobody is out of reach of God's love and God's mercy. is outside the reach of God's love and His grace. We need to pray for a mighty moving of the Spirit of God on both sides of this war. And don't be deceived. This war affects you. And it'll become more evident in days to come. Father, reveal to us if there's anywhere in our heart where there's hatred, prejudice, rejection, and may we be aligned with the heart of Jesus, the love of God. Thank you for revealing your mighty, mighty character, your love, your grace, all that you're about through Jesus, your Son. And I pray, God, that on both sides you will open hearts by the Holy Spirit to believe and receive Jesus Christ as their Lord. Thank you for the testimony that reminds us 
that you're still working. That you're not limited. That you can work in the hardest of hearts. That you can continue to knock Saul of Tarsus on the ground and show him the revelation of your love and light and, and the truth. Please reveal the truth, God. We pray for the binding of the principalities and powers in the world of darkness that is empowered by Satan and hatred. We rebuke it in Jesus' name. We ask you for a mighty revival, a mighty, revi a mighty repentance. And God, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. In the holy and mighty name of Jesus and all the people said, We'll see you in two weeks. God bless you. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.